Your Bibles, please turn to the book of John, the sixth chapter. John chapter six in your Schofield Reference Bible, page eleven hundred twenty-three, and beginning with the sixtieth verse, we'll read through verse sixty-six. We'll read the verses responsibly. John chapter six, verses sixty through sixty-six. Page 1123. And let's stand, please, for the reading of God's Word. The text first will be the 63rd verse. Many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is an hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at it, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What? And if ye shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, that no man can come unto me, except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. And let's pray. Father, thank you for the victories of today. What wonderful reports and how we rejoice concerning those who came and those who were saved and the many blessings of a great day. Now we pray that you would help our minds and our hearts to be centered upon that which you have for us now. Bless the preaching service and our preacher in Jesus' name. Amen. Our Heavenly Father, <clears throat> we come now to the preaching of the blessed Word of God. And the truth that Thou hast given us to examine tonight, I pray, Holy Spirit, You would have Your way in this hour, in all of our lives, in a special and real way. Amen. I'm going to speak tonight on the subject, Bible neglect, so what? Bible neglect. So what? I've said an awful lot lately about the Bible. I have emphasized our reading it, our using it, our memorizing it, and its vital part in the Christian life. Now, let me say what I've said many, many times. And what needs to be said over and over and over again. Everything that God has ever done, He's done through His Word. Everything. If God does anything through you, He'll not do it because of your personality. He'll not do it because of your talent or your gifts. He'll do it his word. God never acts apart 
from his word. Everything that God has ever done, he does to his word. This is why I must believe that I have a copy of it. I do not believe that God would tell me to use it, not make it available. I do not believe that God would make it my only weapon, and the only one that really is word was an original lost thousands of years ago. I do not believe that God would make it necessary and not give me a copy of it. Now the sad thing is that we have it and don't use it. And you know why? We don't believe it. If you believe it, you'd read it. If you believe tonight that the book you have in your hand there is eternal, it always was, it always is, it always will be, you'd read what it says. So you don't read it because you don't believe it. Now, what if we don't? What if we don't read it? I go to many churches year after year after year. I, I, I've been in numbers of churches over 20 years consecutively. I'm traveling over a little territory tonight that we've traveled recently, just a tad of it. And a few things I say will remind you of what I said a few days, a few weeks ago. But I go to church after church. I, I was out in Canoga Park, California uh, in April. I think it was my 21st consecutive year. I'll go be with Dr. Gary Coleman for the, oh, I think probably 24th, 25th consecutive year. I've been with him over two pastorates. I go to the Maranatha Baptist Bible College this year for my, I think, 16th or 17th, 16th or 17th consecutive year. I have been to many churches for many years. I go to a church, and by the way, in some of these churches I feel quite at home. And uh, I go to church and I'll, I'll look for the ushers to see if they have the same one. I'll look at the choir and see if I can pick out folks in the choir. And in some of these churches I become quite familiar with some of the leadership of the churches, some of the men. And the ch I become rather familiar with them. I get to know them well. It may be that they drive me, meet me at the airport and drive into my motel room. It may be they chauffeur me uh, to the services while I'm there. But quite often I go to a church and I'll, I'll remember some man in the church or some family and I'll, I'll notice that they're not there. Now I'll ask the pastor, Pastor, where's brother so-and-so? Where's a certain family that seemed to be so involved in the church work? Where are they, or where is they? 
And the pastor will bow his head and say, he's not with us anymore. He's gone. He doesn't go to church. He's out in sin. He's not with us anymore. I won't mention where this was. I don't think anybody in this room or who hears these tapes will know who I'm talking about. I was in a certain city in the last year. There was a man in the church I knew well. He's been to pastor school, layman, been to pastor school. Probably loved me as much as most any layman in churches where I preach. I asked the pastor Monday night, I said, where's Brother So-and-so? So I'll call him. I'll call him Brother Smith. That was not his name. But I'll call him Brother Smith. And I said, where's Brother Smith? He said, you haven't heard? I said, no, I haven't. He said, um, they got peas in the church. Starts there so often. Got upset. Now, the reason you get upset because you don't live in the book. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Offended people don't love the Word of God. If the Bible's true, offended people don't love the Bible. So, all right, so <laughs> if, if the fellow got offended, what happened before that? He quit loving the book. He left the book out. Pastor said he's living alone. Left his family. Living in a little motel-like place. Like a hermit. Left the will of God. Left the work of God. Left the church of God. Now this fellow used to beg to pick me up at the airport. When I would go to that church, this fellow would <coughs> usually come and get me at my motel room and drive me to the services and beg to drive me back after the service. He loved me dearly. And I knew him well. So I asked for his address. They told me. I went to this place where he was a hermit, knocked on the door. They said he'd be there at that time because he worked certain hours. I went when he'd be there, knocked on the door where he lived as a hermit. A young lady came to the door. He wasn't living as a hermit. I said, where's, I'd like to talk to Mr. Smith. She said, he's asleep now. I said, tell him what time I wake up. She told me, I thought it back about 5.30. Back at 5.30, he came to the door, little children inside, not his. I said, I want to talk to you, please. We walked out in the yard and had a nice talk. He said, Brother Hiles, I love you. I love you. Now, I want to take you step by step tonight through what happened to that man and every <coughs> other man, every other man or woman or teenager who drifts away from God into sin. Now follow me carefully. I've said numbers of times recently that the thing that divides the spirit and the soul is the Word of God. 
Word of God is quick, powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. Goes on to say, <coughs> it divides asunder the soul and the spirit. And I've said so often lately that if we do not live in the book, that the soul and the spirit merge with each other, and the way to get the spirit back to work is to take the Word of God and use it, <laughs> and that Word of God in your life divides asunder the soul and the spirit. Now follow me carefully. I want to take you through it. First thing that man did, and the first thing anybody does, who backslides and goes into, I don't like the term, <laughs> the deep sin. All sin is deep sin. No good sin. <laughs> bad, bad sin. It's all bad sin. But the first thing that always happens, I don't care who it is, I don't care who it is, the first thing that always happens when anybody goes into sin is they leave the book. They leave the book. My brother, <laughs> my sister, you had better stay in this book. You better do it. This is not a, a coffee table ornament. This is not a, a conscience soother. I mean, this is not a decoration piece in the house. This is God's eternal, never-dying, ever-living Word. And I don't care who you are, how good a preacher you are, how good a teacher you are, how good a Christian you are, the truth is you're not going to make it if you don't live in this book. I'll tell you, I've never wanted in all of my life, I've never wanted our people in this book like I want our folks in this book tonight. You will not drift away from the will of God if you live in the book. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. You'll not go into sin uh, if you live in the book. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way, but taking heed to that book. <laughs> and the truth is, <clears throat> honest truth is, you, if you, everybody who's ever gone into sin first neglected the book. Read the book. I don't mean <laughs> read a verse before you go to bed at night to save your conscience after you've watched television three hours. I don't mean that. I mean, live in the book. I mean, read the book. I mean, stay in the book. And if you don't, I don't care who you are. Your name is John the Baptist or John Doe. I don't care who you are. You're not going to make it outside the book. You're just not going to do it. Now, that's the first thing that happens. Everybody gets mad. The preacher leaves the church. Always leaves the book first. Because great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Folks get upset and go out into sin. Uh, they always leave the book first. Always do. So what happens is this. When they leave the book, <laughs> then that which divides the soul and the spirit is neglected. I mean, the weapon's not, not used. I mean, the soul and the spirit are not divided. Now, follow me carefully. So what is this? He does not know it. He does not know the spirit and the soul have merged. Because the natural man cannot distinguish the soul from the spirit. So here's what happens. He leaves the book out of his life. 
Oh, I don't mean he never reads it. I just mean it's not the biggest book in his life. It doesn't consume him. I mean, the reason uh, you teenagers listen to your music, you don't read the book. The reason you watch your, <laughs> your movies on your television and the soap operas in the afternoon, you don't live in the book. That's where it all starts. Starts when you get out of the book. It's trite, but it's true. This book will keep you from sin, and sin will keep you from the book. Now, what happened to this fellow? Same thing happened, is happening to some of you. And when, when you become a casualty like that man is tonight, I guarantee you it, it, this will be the, the process. First, he left the book. Second, the spirit and the soul merged. Third, he does not know it because man cannot distinguish between the soul and the spirit, and man cannot divide the spirit from the soul. So man cannot be spiritual because he prays. Man cannot be spiritual because he, he preaches. Man cannot be spiritual because he sings spiritual songs. Man can only be spiritual as he lets the book divide the spirit from the soul. But you see, man does not know it because he cannot distinguish it. So he construes the soul, him and now, he construes the soul to be spirit. Then he assumes he walks in the spirit because he's walking in the invisible. Him and now. He's walking in the invisible and not in the flesh. So he assumes because he's not in the flesh or the body, he doesn't drink, he doesn't curse, he doesn't, he's not immoral, <laughs> he's clean, he's pure, he doesn't gamble, he doesn't uh, take uh, smoke or take narcotics, he, so he's not in the body, so he assumes he's in the spirit because he's not in the body. When the truth is, he's not in the spirit, he's in the soul. Because the spirit and the soul have murdered, because the only thing that separates them is the Word of God. So, if you leave the Word of God, you leave that one thing that divides the soul from the spirit and makes you spiritual. But you think you're spiritual because you're not walking in the flesh. He assumes he's walking in the spirit. Now listen carefully. This man even uses God's gifts that God gives him. But he does it in the soul instead of the spirit. He doesn't know it. He thinks he's spiritual. <laughs> but, but he's not because he's left the book. Now, he is in one area and thinks he's in another. There are folks tonight in this room, you think you're spiritual, but you're not because you don't live in the book. Well, you say, how can I know if I'm a spiritual or not? Check the book. Read the book. If you're spiritual, you love the book. If you don't love the book, you're not spiritual. Because the book makes you spiritual. Thy word is spirit, and the word makes you spirit. Now, you sailors back here, you're not going to make it. Just because you come to First Baptist Church of Hammond, hear me preach a couple times a week, you won't make it in the Navy that way. If you ever uh, become a casualty... And you remember these days when you tried to live right, and yet your life is wrecked and ruined, and you're in sin, you mark it down. It is because you, you didn't have the book. And I want to say this too. 
I'm a little tired of folks saying, well, <laughs> I couldn't live for God because I was in a place where I didn't have a good church. Now, brother, I believe in the church. And I don't think anybody is right with God who doesn't go to a New Testament soul-winning, Bible-preaching, Christ-honoring, hell-hating, sin-fighting, New Testament Baptist church. But now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Don't you blame the church because you're not spiritual. You say, I, I, I went to sin because I didn't have a good church. The church is important, but brother, you got the book. I don't care if you're on an island in the South Sea somewhere, there's another church out there, you've got the book. Now the church is only to do what I'm doing right now. We point you to the book. That's all we can do. Church can't make you spiritual. We tell you about a book that can. So I'm saying that I don't care who you are or where you are, as long as you've got a copy within reach of the Word of God, there's no excuse for not being spiritual because this is what makes you spiritual. But you see, when you leave the book, then you don't have anything to divide asunder the spirit, are you listening, and the soul. And because you don't, the spirit and the soul merge without being divided asunder, and you're living in the soul instead of the spirit, but you think you're in the spirit because you're not in the flesh. So what happens? He's in one area and thinks he's in another. I'm talking to folks all over this room tonight. You think you're spiritual, but you're not. If I said, quote, five verses, or you're going to be shot in the head with a machine gun, you'd be in heaven in just a few minutes. You couldn't quote five verses to save your life. If I asked you how long you read the Bible <laughs> last week, most of you would have to say <laughs> less than 15 minutes all week long. So you're not spiritual. You're not, you're, not, you're not spiritual because you don't smoke. You're not spiritual because you don't drink. You're not spiritual because you're clean and pure and not immoral. You're spiritual because you, you live in the book. But you see, because you don't live in the book, you don't have anything with which to divide the spirit and the soul. So because you're not in open sin, and because you live for the invisible, you think you're spiritual, but you're not. Now listen, that's what happens to everybody who eventually goes into sin. Hear me again now. He still admires the Word of God. He still believes it. You get up and say, Boy, this book is, is God's book. He'll holler amen, but never reads it. He loves it, but never reads it. He's in the soul. He's not in the flesh. He's not... In the spirit, he's in the soul. But I say again, because he is not in the flesh, and in fleshless sin, he thinks he's in the spirit because he's in the invisible, the intangible, and, uh, and not the material, but he's in the, in the soul. Why? Because he's not lived in the book. Now listen, I do not, I wish tonight, if there's one thing I could wish for everybody in this room, I could wish for you to get in this book. Get in the book. You know what happened? He still, by the way, he still loves to hear it preach. This man that is on his way down, he quit reading it, he quit memorizing it, he still loves it, and he still enjoys hearing it preach, especially if the preaching is humorous. Now anybody that knows me knows I believe in humor. I'll ask you a question tonight. Which sermons do you like the best? 
Pretty good sign. Pretty good sign. To what do you pay attention? You see, this fellow who used to read the Bible and lived in the book and walked in the Spirit, he, he neglected his own personal reading, <laughs> memorizing, <laughs> meditating on, and loving the book. Because he did, he had nothing to separate the spirit from the soul. So he lives, he, he, he's too good a man not to go drinking. He's too good a man to go live in immorality. He's too good a man uh, to go cursing. He's too good a man to go discoing. But he will be discoing later on. And he will be drinking later on. And he will be nightclubbing later on. And he will be out in the dance hall later on. Now, now he doesn't because he's still living in the soul. And the reason he's in the soul and not the spirit is that the sword of the spirit was not piercing the dividing asunder the soul and the spirit. And so the fellow is in the soul, but he thinks in the spirit. Now, he still loves preaching. If it's dynamic, he loves it. If it's humorous, he loves it. And Henry Carrington, here's what he does. He then travels on his feelings rather than on the Bible. He thinks he loves the Lord, but really it's the feeling he gets he loves instead of the Lord. So he only rela relation he has to spiritual matters or, or, or if they are enjoyable to the soul. Him and out. If his soul, which is that which inhabits the body, can enjoy it, <laughs> then it's dynamic, he enjoys it. Look, I'll tell you something. You are not a good Christian until you enjoy that pictureless book right there. And do you know what all these modern versions of the Bible are? There are versions to appeal to your soul because the soul's all you got. All they are. The devil is bringing out version after version after version after version after version. Why? Because the devil is trying. And by the way, as far as I'm concerned, if it's not that book, I haven't got any use for it. I, I mean, good news for modern man to me is lousy news for modern man. The Living Bible, I got it right here. Living Bible, got it right here. Don't need anything else. Now, why then? We got a bunch of dead, dry, dusty, uh, outworn, worn-out theologians sitting around the desk giving us new Bible after new Bible. After we're trying our best to give the man's soul a Bible he'll enjoy because we're appealing to his feeling and not to his spiritual man. But brother, I don't care who you are. If you're spiritual, you love this book. You won't need anything else. You won't need any pictures. You won't need the these and thou's taken out. What's wrong with the these and thou's? I know what it is. It's a part of this wicked generation that's catering to the hippie young people crowd that's trying to take away all that's sacred. And by the way, the these and the thou's taken from the Bible is really an attack on history. Nothing in the past is sacred. <laughs> Give me a new Bible. Let me have a new one. I can't understand the old one. Oh, you can't? 
Well, let's just open it and see how hard it is to understand. Let's see how this let it fall open where it will here. It says, I forget to eat my bread. Wonder what that means. That's a tough one, ain't it? I forget to eat my bread. Let me exegete that for you. I means it ain't you. It ain't him. It ain't them. Me. Forget means I don't remember. To eat means you take something that is digestible. You put it, you have a hole right here at the bottom part of your face. You open that hole, you have muscles here in the jaw, <laughs> and the, 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 the muscles begin to work when your arm bends. And you open that, and then you take your, your, your fingers or a knife and fork, and you put something that is, is edible inside that cavern right here. And then you chew it. And when you chewed it 16 times per bite, as Mama said, you swallow it. I'm exegeting the Bible for you. I forget to eat my bread. My means it's mine, not yours. Bread, that's money. In the Revised Standard Version. Hippie version, Moffat version, good speed, bad speed, fair speed. Now you listen to me. <laughs> there is not a Christian alive but what has in him the Holy Spirit of God who authored this book. Don't you sit there and tell me you can't understand the Bible. Don't you listen. Here's why you don't understand it. Because you're trying to find a Bible that appeals to your soul instead of your spirit. And the reason that you don't have a spirit, you think you're spiritual, but the reason you're not, because you haven't lived in the book you've got. You haven't lived in the book you've got, so you're in the soul, not in the spirit, because you have not divided the son of the soul and the spirit. So what happens? <laughs> you only have the soul, and the soul chooses the book. And the soul says, I'm on another book. Now what happened to this family? living in this motel-like place with his woman and children. He was head of the bus work. He was the head of the bus ministry in this church last year when I was there. The last time I was there. He was, by all odds, probably the best soul winner in the church. He came to pastor school. What happened to him? He left the book. He left the book. He lost the sword that divides the soul from the spirit. He couldn't be spiritual because the soul and the spirit merged. He thought he was spiritual because he was not physically in sin. So what happened? He still loved the book, he just didn't read it. He still loved preaching it, it was funny or, or dynamic. He still loved it. And then he travels on his feelings instead of the Bible. He thinks he loves the Lord, but really it is the feeling he gets that he loves. He only relates to spiritual matters as they bring enjoyment to the soul. Did you hear what I said? He only relates to spiritual matters as they bring enjoyment to the soul. For example, 
He only likes to think about heaven as he thinks about himself, being able to eat heavenly food and never suffer anymore, never have pain anymore. He's not concerned about heaven for the fact that God is there and that God wants us there with him. He's only concerned about the raptures. He gets to go up and take a trip in the sky. He's not concerned about Jesus coming back to earth and getting the glory he deserved the first time he came. When he thinks about the millennium, he thinks about getting to play with a rattlesnake that uh, had its uh, been deep, deep uh, uh, rattled and, <laughs> and doesn't not poisonous anymore, and and sees uh, a lion and lamb lying down together. He doesn't realize the main purpose of the kingdom is that he who was crucified will then be crowned. He only relates things, the spiritual matters, to how they affect his soul. They're folks tonight in this room that you, you, you don't live in the book enough to where you can even be spiritual. You're soul, a soul Christian, and, uh, and, and, you, can, and, and, and you can only uh, relate to things as how they affect you. Why? Because you've not been in the book. And then his soulish senses become dull. Him and him. We're about to lose him now. Let's go back and take it a piece of time. First, he left off the book. He left off the book. He lost the one thing that can divide the soul and the spirit. The soul and the spirit not divided now because he left off the book until the soul and the spirit have merged. So he lives now not in the spirit, but in the invisible side. That's why he has pride creeps in, because the soul has pride, the spirit doesn't. That's why he gets offended, because the soul has, is offended, the spirit's not offended. But he's not living in the book anymore, so his soul and spirit have been merged. And then he starts living off feeling and mechanically. Ladies and gentlemen, that feeling's going to stop one of these days. It's going to stop. You're going to hear all the preacher's humor used up. And you won't, your soul will not enjoy preaching anymore. But you're not spiritual enough to enjoy it when he talks about the Word of God. He teaches on Wednesday night something about the Holy Spirit doesn't affect you. Give you a sermon that'll talk about the millennium and and uh, and all the professors, uh, uh, unsaved professors, being chased by all those animals during the kingdom age. You like that? Jesus is coming. Dead will be raised. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah, it's exciting to the soul. And so you want to. To live on feeling, but soon the feeling leaves. And then because the feeling is strong, you still want the feeling, so what do you do? You transfer the feeling of the soul to the feeling of the flesh. Because that's what you're living on. Ladies and gentlemen, you can't live on feeling very long. Because you live on feeling, when the feeling of the soul is gone, then you're going to want some feeling of the flesh. And what happens is, before you know it, he goes into the fleshly feeling and lives in the flesh and does things that he told me he said I'm doing things I never thought I'd do never dawned on me I'd ever be doing what I'm doing now he never would have taken a drink of liquor if he hadn't have gotten away from the, the word of God because the word of God made him live in the soul which lives on feeling feeling is gone no fun to go to church anymore you know but I tell you how you can always enjoy church Read this book an hour a day. 
and you'll, you'll always enjoy church. I just don't, tell you what, I don't enjoy church anymore. I know you don't, because you, you have to enjoy it to get anything out of it. And because you don't enjoy it anymore, you don't, uh, you don't like it. <laughs> but let me tell you something. You live in the book, and you'll enjoy it when the book is preached to talk. And so, what happens? He goes to fleshly healing because he's transferred from the spirit to the soul. He wants the healing. That's why when you get to the end of the sermon, tell the sad story, he starts to listen. Or you stop and tell something funny, he starts to listen. That's all he has. Now, I'm not against being funny, I'm not against the sad story. But you don't live in the book, you won't enjoy the book, and you won't enjoy truths from the book. Ladies and gentlemen, I've never felt, as I feel tonight, that the people of God ought to be in the book as much as I feel right now. Let me suggest something. Let's read the book starting. Let's just start in a week or two. Let's read it through this year, all of us. Let's read every word of it. I'm going to ask somebody on the staff, and I want the staff to remind me Thursday our meeting. I'm going to ask them on the staff to figure out how we can read it through, let's say starting May 15th or so. Let's all of us just, let's read the same chapters every day for a whole for the rest of the year. Let's read the book through as a church this year. Let's read so many chapters a day. Hey, Brother Hiram, <laughs> I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's hard for me to understand. Then read what you don't understand, just read it. you better off just hanging around it. Like that mangy dog, you know, the dog show and came in last. But he asked the dog, why did you enter? He said, because the company I'd keep. I guarantee you, you hang around the book and you, you understand it or not, the company you keep. It'll be amazing. Let's memorize this year. I'm going to ask along the staff to draw a plan up and choose some verses. Now I'm going to ask the whole church to memorize a verse a week starting somewhere about May 15th. I want us to memorize the same verse every week. We could take the rest of the year and memorize a verse a week. We could memorize probably 30 verses. Everybody in the church would know those 30 verses. Everybody in the church could read the Bible through. I love you. God has called me to be your preacher. And I want you to be spiritual. I want you to face God someday, spiritual. But if you don't live in the book, your soul and spirit will not be distinguishable. And so you'll think you're in the spirit and not in the spirit. And you'll love the book, but not read the book. You'll love the church, but you'll not <laughs> love the preaching. But before you know it, you'll only... You won't enjoy it. That's why some people go from church to church to church to church to church. They go to the enjoyment gone. They go to the tingles gone. They go to the excitement gone. And before you know it, You've lost that single. 
I used to preach a sermon that starts off something like this. With, that, with the beginning of that sermon, I'll close this one. Pastor, I don't enjoy church anymore. I used to enjoy it. But, Pastor, <clears throat> something's happened. I don't enjoy preaching like I used to enjoy it. I don't enjoy the songs like I used to. Pastor, I don't enjoy the Bible like I used to. What's wrong? I used to love the Bible. I don't enjoy it. Why? What's wrong, Pastor? I used to love to go so winning. I don't enjoy it anymore. I wish I did. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with you? You came to the place to where you did not transfer your responsibilities to duty and obligation. You will not ever become a good Christian until you do right because you're supposed to do right. And you will not ever become a good Christian until you read this book when you don't want to read this book. And you will never become a good Christian until you go soul winning when you don't want to go soul winning. And you will never become a good Christian until you pray when you don't want to pray. And you'll only do that when you live in the book. That's the answer. Not that. Sing them over again to me, wonderful words of life. Let me more of their beauty see, wonderful words of life. Words of life and beauty. Teach me faith and duty. Beautiful words, wonderful words, wonderful words of life. Think of it, folks. I've got the Word of God in my hand tonight. And it's the answer, it's the, it's the safeguard, it's the insurance from being a casualty on the battlefield at the hands of the wild of the evil one. How do you stay spiritual? Live in the book. It's the only thing that can divide the soul from the spirit. I'm going to ask you tonight to do something. I'm going to ask you to promise God tonight you're going to join us to read the Bible through this year. I'm going to ask you to promise God. I'm not talking about sometime this year read the Bible through. I'm going to ask you to join us in reading the same chapters the rest of us read every day. I'm going to ask you to do that tonight. I'm going to ask you, starting when we get it all drawn up sometime about the middle of this month, I'm going to ask you to memorize with us the same verse every week. And let's just stay in the book. He's a preacher. Five or six or seven or eight chapters a day. You'd be shocked how long it takes you to read seven or eight chapters. It doesn't take you long. One newspaper would, would, would take care of it. Just one newspaper. I'll tell you something else. Most 30-minute television programs would take care of five or six chapters in the Bible a day. Just, just trade I love Lucifer for the Bible. That's all. Just trade it for the Bible. That's all. One soap opera would give you five chapters a day in the Bible. Just trade one soap opera. I don't go, don't leave here and sing with the house that watch the soap opera and you get five chapters in the Bible. I'm saying you, you just cut off one soap opera, read the Bible that time, and give you five chapters or so. It doesn't take you long to read the Bible. I haven't got time. You better take time. 
the time we got in the book. It's time we decided to realize the only chance we've got of the spiritual is getting the book. I'm asking you tonight to make a holy vow to God Almighty that you'll join us. Reading with us the same chapters we all read. I'll read them every day. And in addition to my regular Bible reading and Bible study, I'll read them every day. I want the staff read them every day. I want the choir read them every day. I want the deacons read them every day. I want the Sunday school workers read them every day. I mean, uh, 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 over and above your Sunday school lessons, over and above your preparation, over, uh, over and above your school courses and Bible for high school, uh, junior high school, grade school or college. I'm talking about just join us and let's just read it through. And then let's memorize a verse a week. I'll guarantee you, that old word of God will just keep on trying its way. Trying its way. Before you know it, that old spirit's going to be separated from the soul. And you can walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. But if you leave the book, then you walk in the soul thinking you're walking in the spirit. And then you start depending upon excitement and thrills and feelings. And when that feeling is gone, and it will be gone, then you'll have to have some feeling other way. And so you'll go out into the world, in the flesh, and get your feeling. And before you know it, some preacher will be talking about you and the tragedy that happened to you. Our Father, bless the message to our hearts tonight.